Welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we're doing something kind of fun, I think. We are looking over the winner list of the reading list, which is the committee that we were both on this past year. And we're going to talk a little bit about the winners and the shortlist and our opinions on them. I just have kind of a free-flowing conversation, I think, about it. And did you want to add anything? <laughs> I don't know if there's anything no, else. No, I'm excited about this. Yeah. I feel like it's a little funny because we talk about the committee a lot, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. And and so I feel like people are, are sort of um, decently well-versed in the yeah. the um, the way that it works for us mm-hmm. and sort of the way our year is scheduled and things. But, but it also felt weird to not have... A, an actual discussion about the results right. of that right, work. Right, right, so. yeah, because we, we would de- definitely try to be a little bit vague, I think, as we were reading things. Yeah. We wouldn't come out and say, this is nominated or whatever, you know, you try to be a little yeah. bit vague about it. So yeah, now we can talk about the winners and the shortlists. Uh, so the way it works is there are eight categories and a winner in each category and then four shortlist titles. And so one thing I'll say from behind the scenes is sometimes it is a very, very close race between what wins and what's on the shortlist. So um, there were 14 people on the committee this year, and there were lots of times that there were very, very varied opinions about what should mm-hmm. be at the top. So I, in general, I think we usually came to an agreement about that winning title or a consensus, obviously, because it won. But I I just want to say that because I think the shortlist titles are also extremely worthy titles to to read mm-hmm. and consider and and we'll talk a little bit about what some of our favorites are I think as we discuss it but but yeah that's one thing that we never get to say really outside of you know we when we announce these and there's a press release that goes out and it's basically like here are the winners here's the shortlist and it seems like the winner I don't know it just seems like the winner is more notable for for winning but in yeah. many cases you know there's a shortlist title or two that was in very close contention to win yeah that was pretty eye-opening to me yeah. I, I think that I pictured other committees or, or just committee work generally that everyone sort of has the one book that they want to win and then maybe the the things that that don't win are things that three people liked and yeah. eight people didn't or yeah. something like that. Like there'd be some, some sort of more mathematical way that it, it comes about, but it, it really was that there, there are things that almost won that, mm-hmm. that there's not a way to put like an asterisk on that and <laughs> say this almost, almost won. won. This was so close. Exactly. So, all right, well, we'll just go ahead and get started. I do want to make a little side note. Uh, I, I just got Invisalign the other day. I was telling Anne this before we started. Uh, so I do have a little bit of a lisp going on right now, and I apologize if that's distracting. I'm hoping as time goes on, I will get more used to having it in, and it won't affect my speech. But it does, I know, affect it a little bit right now. So I just want to get that out in the open in case anyone is listening <laughs> and wondering what's going on. I just want to say sorry about that, but I'm very committed to wearing these as much as possible. And so uh, I'm only taking them out to eat, basically. So they are staying in every other hour of the day. Anyway. And uh, I am less committed because I, I also have, have an Invisalign and I take them out. I am not. We should a, be sponsored by Invisalign. I know. I have a wedding in a few months that I want my uh, smile to look good for. So I am very determined to get this done in the time that frame that they said. great so, motivator. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> All right. So our first category is adrenaline. And 
the winner here. So Adrenaline is sort of a uh, mishmash of, of books as far as the definition. Generally, I would say we consider anything that's like a thriller uh, an mm-hmm. Adrenaline title. But also anything that's an adventure um, story. We don't see as much of those anymore, but um, there are certainly books that would fall in the adrenaline category that aren't necessarily thrillers. So that's, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that. Although I'm looking at our list, I think they are all thrillers this year. Well, Razorblade Tears, I don't know. So Razorblade Tears is our winner um, by S.A. Cosby. And that's sort of a vengeance story more than a thriller. Um, So Mm -hmm. I guess that kind of falls into a non-thriller adrenaline title. Yeah, thrillers are tricky because it can be spy novels mm-hmm. or a slow burn kind of kind of psychological suspense or adventure. Yeah. It, it really it really is a lot wider than I would say I think any of the other genres. Yeah, I think we I have guess or more nebulous probably. Yeah, I is think a better in, way of saying it. In my 4 years, I think I think this category was one there was the most discussion about whether something fit into it <laughs> because of yeah. that. It was like people would question because a lot of it is based on if it's fast, fast paced page turner kind of a book. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. a lot of, excuse me, a lot of psychological suspense is not that fast paced. Right. So where, but where does that fit? So yeah, lots of discussion here, but um, so razor blade tears. Uh, what did you think of that book? Anne? This is one that was really hard for me because I, I, I think it's a very worthy winner uh-huh. and I know that it's a great book, but I also really, really struggle with violence uh-huh. and this book is extremely violent. Yeah. And so, um, so I actually had to put it down. Uh-huh. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's hard to read some parts of it. So I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. But, I read, but yeah. it's, it's getting into some depth of, of um, character that uh-huh. I don't know that adrenaline is always identified with. So yeah. Um, yeah, so the premise is that uh, two men uh, are murdered, a couple, and their fathers take re- like seek out their killers, basically, and take re- right. want to take revenge on their killers. But it really delves deeply into the way the fathers felt about the fact that their sons were gay and how they treated them when they were alive and their regrets now that they have died. Um, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of character development that happens or like character interior, <clears throat> excuse me, interior character looking, you know, like looking at what mm-hmm. the characters, um, which you don't always see in, in this kind of book. So it's right. a very, very good book. I thought it's extremely well-written uh, but yeah, it was very violent. I read this, I think I was the very first person on our committee to read this book. And my comment was, it's an excellent book. I don't know who I would recommend it to because I would have a very hard time saying, go read this extremely violent yeah. book. Um, yeah. Now, the good news is it is getting a lot of accolades. I think it's very, you know, there were, it was on a lot of best of the year lists. And so mm-hmm. I do think people are picking it up. I just think you need kind of that warning as, of how violent it is. Right. And it's also it's it's dealing with race a lot too mm. because one of the the fathers and and sons is black and the mm. other is white and the fathers are both ex cons and mm-hmm. so it's it's hitting at a lot of societal um, um, areas that mm. that we are that you see in the news a lot yeah. right now of how how the incarcerated are re- rehabilitated after 
after right, they've, right. they've left prison and it, it just it, it's so good yeah it's so good it's just so hard it's just to so, read so violent yeah yeah um so then we have a sh- the shortlist so on the shortlist our shortlist is bullet train never saw me coming the push and red widow so we've already talked about the push that was my nomination and I, I talked about it several times throughout the last year and red widow we talked about in our mm-hmm. i think superlatives episode but i don't yeah, think we've we talked both about we're surprised by that yeah one. yeah it was a, it was a good surprise um but i don't know that we've talked about bullet train or never saw me coming um bullet train felt, i don't think so yeah yeah bullet train felt very cinematic to me it's like um it all takes place on a train and there are all these people that are all contract killers basically on a train <laughs> together um and it is being made into a movie, actually, with Brad Pitt. But yeah, it was one that definitely, to me, fit in the adrenaline category. Like, the action starts at the very beginning and just keeps building and building and building and building yeah. throughout the whole story. And um, and there's lots of double crosses. Yeah, and, yeah. And you don't know. It's yeah, it's who like to trust kind of thing. Yeah. Right. That and and Red Widow are both spy novels, yeah. but they're they're or not spy, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I, yeah, not spy, but they both they both have the same sensibility yeah. of of being, um, just just very fast paced and very um, um, you don't know who you're supposed to trust, right, but right. but they come at it from really different directions, yeah. and so it was sort of fun to see those two books and and know that they're cousins, but not mm. not the same. Yeah, and then I will say, uh, never saw me coming is the other one. I didn't like never saw me coming. It is a oh interesting. It was a it was all right. It was all right. It wasn't. Yeah. But some people were saying it was their favorite book of the year, and I was like, really? Um, of the year? Yeah. Or well, in this oh my cate- gosh. in this category, I think in this category. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I thought it was an interesting take because it's because yeah. it's based on, um, it's centered at a university, mm-hmm. and it's it's about characters who are known psychopaths, mm-hmm. and they're they're in a program at the university and and are being kind of studied and so um it's it was interesting to have and then there's there's they realize that they're being killed off and right. so they they're investigating that and and trying to figure out what's happening um and who knows about them because it's not supposed to be a known uh-huh. um, program at the university and so i liked that it was um taking people who were usually the the villains right, of the story right. and making them the anti-hero uh-huh. um but i agree that i wasn't it to me it wasn't nearly as um as impactful yeah. as some of the other things that we read yeah in yeah. the category yeah so it was fine it was good i mean like it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means but i just thought it was yeah. all right like wasn't a favorite yeah um okay so next up we have fantasy and the winner here is a master of gin by p jelly clark and uh this one was sort of a unanimous i think so of everybody yeah um people really really loved it it sort of takes place in an alternative Cairo of like the early 1900s. And there's a, a little bit of a mystery that runs through it. And yeah, I really liked this one. I thought it was very well done, very kind of readable. I, I struggled with fantasy this year for some reason. Usually uh, fantasy and sci-fi, are, as listeners know, are n- never kind of my top ones. But usually I have an easier time sort of latching onto fantasy titles that I do really like. And I don't know, for some reason this year, I, I had a hard time uh, with fantasy. But this is one that I that really stood out to me. I really, really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. This was, I, I remember we, 
when we got into voting, mm-hmm. we had so many books that people felt strongly about that we thought this this is going to take a while to, yeah, to sort of whittle us down. <laughs> and then it was the first, yeah. like we had a winner on yeah. our first pass. It, it was, was the crazy. Only, yeah, it was the only category that we had a winner right off the bat. We didn't need to go yeah. more rounds to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it was, everyone just loved everyone it. Everyone loved it. It was so good. Felt different. It felt unique. And yeah, yeah. I, I really liked that one. And I think maybe because a lot of our the other fantasy that we had felt very similar in being like an alternative uh-huh. version of India or yeah. an alternative version of West Africa oh. and and this is alternative Cairo, but yeah. those books had a, a seriousness that yeah. this one didn't. Yeah. And so it sort of stood out by feeling it it felt more magical than right. than right anything else that could yeah. have been sort of lumped in with it yeah. so um and those books were very good it's it's not that those um those books were were like a, you know, a, a huge drop in quality mm-hmm. or something like that but this one just felt sparkling in a way that yeah. that those didn't so yeah it was kind um, of interesting that we had a we had a fair number of people that really loved fantasy on our committee and mm-hmm. they felt like it was an extremely strong fantasy or like that there was a there were a lot of books that um, people were having trouble choosing nominations in this category because yeah. there were so many, you know, not trouble finding one like there were, weren't any trouble selecting right. one out of the many options. So, right. Um, so, yeah. And OK, so then the short list, we have Blackwater Sister by Zen Cho, The Black Tongue Thief by Christopher Buhlman, When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain by Devo, and The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornishek. I think we both agree that we loved The Witch's Heart. Yes, so good. This was, that was such a surprise. I don't know, did I, have we talked about this? This was a huge surprise to me of how much I loved it. No, because I think it will be on your next year's mm. book that surprised me. Right, I, right. I kept thinking this is what you would pick, and then yeah. I realized, no, you read it in I read it in January, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved that one. Oh, so good. So good. Norse mythology, which I don't really know much about, and a, a like, little-known character from Norse mythology, and oh, so good. yeah. And I, I love Norse mythology, so I was uh-huh. I was like, yes, everyone else is into this one too. Yeah. This is awesome, and it was it's just really well done, and yeah. and um, all those characters feel kind of better known now because of the Marvel yeah, universe, right, right. and so to see those same characters, but treated in their yeah. in their like actual. Um, personas and yeah. not the marvel way yeah. was was really fun so. yeah so i've never seen the marvel movies either so i didn't I, either <laughs> I know, so i like truly don't know very much at all but i knew just enough from hearing people talk so i knew yeah. like loki and things like that like i kind of knew the the talks surrounding some of these characters but not i didn't know any anything yeah. firsthand but yeah i loved love love that one and i liked blackwater sister too i thought that one was good yeah, that's that's more of a um, um, it, it it's dealing with ghosts like uh-huh. they're in Malaysia if I'm remembering uh-huh. right, correctly yeah. that that um, a, an American woman goes to live in Malaysia with her family uh-huh. and and realizes that she's being haunted by the ghost of her grandmother and um, and so it, it got into a lot of interesting family dynamics but but it also like Asian horror is such a an interesting um like niche of mm-hmm. where where it feels if if you get into it then you recognize sort of the ways that that it um feels familiar to you mm-hmm. but it, but it also feels different in in fun um surprising ways yeah. and so yeah. um yeah I liked that one too yeah um Black Tongue Thief what did you think of that 
I liked it. I listened to it as an audiobook, which... Same for me. Uh, part of listening to the audiobook I really liked because the narrator would sing some of the parts that were songs in it, and so that helped. But uh-huh. sometimes the accent was a little uh, impenetrable to me. Um, but I liked it. I liked it. Again, I don't know. Fantasy was really hard for me this year. I just... Yeah. Other than the couple we're talking about, like, nothing really grabbed me. But I could see why this... This was good. It was sort of um, like a guy looking back on his life and adventures. And I don't know, like it felt very um, not stereotypical. What's the word I'm looking for? Like prototypical. It felt very like prototypical fantasy. This guy who might be lying about things and like, I don't know. It just felt like he weaves this long tale about all of his adventures. And so, yeah, I could see why it would. It would appeal to people. I just didn't. I don't know. I just yeah, didn't. it's it's not the. I thought it was a great example of that type of fantasy, yeah, yeah. and um, and felt like it was it was changing up the the sort of trickster's quest. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's the right phrase yeah. for the trope, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. In a way that felt a little bit fresh because you mm-hmm. don't see that kind of fantasy um, being touted quite as much as as um, others right now. Yeah. And so. So I liked that this was on the list for, yeah. for um, kind of some variety yeah, and scratch that, that itch for hardcore yeah. fantasy fans. Yeah, but, me too. but I agree that this was this was not um, exactly my yeah. kind of fantasy. It, it felt like being at the Renaissance Festival. Right, yes. Oh me. my gosh, yes, it did. And I will say, so one of the things that came up during uh, our discussions too, but like this I read or listen to around Christmas time when we have a fair number of books to get through. So mm-hmm. there's a sense too of something really has to grab you and something really mm-hmm. has to like get your attention and be really, really good to sort of stand out from all these other books that you're reading at the same time or in, you know, close, um, close succession to each other. And so I think that mm-hmm. was part of it for me too, is I was listening to it sort of eager to, to get on to the next thing so I could kind of yeah. get to the next book and the next book and the next book. So I, I don't know if I had read it or listened to it at a different time in the year, if I would have had a different um, feeling about it, but it was good. Yeah. It was good. I think if you like fantasy um, it's worth checking out. I just, for me, it wasn't one that was a something I'd hand to a non-fantasy reader. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's not a good starting point for yeah. For fantasy. No, no. And then we have When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain by Nevo. And this was beautiful. I thought I liked this. I liked oh, Nevo. I loved this one. I like Nevo a lot. It's a novella, um, which I, I've, most of what I've read by this author have been novellas. And um, it's I, uh, such a talent, I think, to have such a complete story and, and not, you know, fewer pages and some of the epic yeah. fantasy that we read. Um, it has very kind of fable-like, dream-like kind of quality to it. And um, yeah, I really liked this one. Yeah, her her writing. I, I We read, at least I read two books of hers this year. There might have been more in the mm-hmm. in the mix. But um, her writing is just so beautiful. And um, and she does it in, in so little time. It's mm-hmm. just, it's really impressive. Um, and I, this one I like on the list because it's, it, it felt very fairy tale yeah. retelling to yeah. me, and and that's a big part of the fantasy mm-hmm. world that um, that isn't as big right now, mm-hmm. I think. But I liked that that sort of um, brought that aspect to it, but mm-hmm. while also being very diverse and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of 
um, this I don't know if it's based on a specific fable, but mm. it's it feels like a um, like a Chinese um, um, what's the word like a an animal a changeling animal kind yeah, of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. there's a word for that that I'm not thinking of um, that that. Um, has has a queer aspect to it, it and it, it just felt very very of the moment mm-hmm. while also feeling old-fashioned and, and that was really nice all right so let's move on to the next uh category which is historical fiction and here the winner is the sweetness of water um i have talked about this this is my nomination i loved yeah. this book <laughs> one of my favorite books of last year i don't think we need to talk about it much more um and then for our short list we have daughters of sparta by claire haywood Leonora in the Morning Light by Michaela Carter, The Rose Code by Kate Quinn, and A Tip for the Hangman by Allison Epstein. So we've already talked about The Rose Code as well. Um, that was another one of my favorites last year. Um, Do you want to take this opportunity to, to discuss how many books you got on the list? <laughs> I had a lot. <laughs> so I have uh, three of my nominations were winners. And then uh-huh. I don't know how many I had on shortlist. Hang on, let me. And then four, yeah, four on the short list. So seven Very total. impressive. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was my last year. I had to, you know, <laughs> I had to give it a shot. You know how to play the game Yeah, now. yeah, I do, I do. Um, so, yeah, the, um, I mean, we've already talked about two of these, but A Tip for the Hangman is about Christopher Marlowe. Um, that was kind of a pleasant surprise for me. I didn't know anything about that book when I picked it up and I, I remember liking it. Um, although now I'm kind of struggling to remember any details of it, but I do know I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the case for 50% of these books. Yeah. Where I'm like, I know I liked it. Yeah. And then, uh, Leonora in the Morning Light is about, um, surrealist painters. Um, right. Surrealism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surrealism. Leonora Carrington is yeah. a, is a, um, surrealist painter who was the mistress of max ernst and um so this is one of those the woman yeah. that was overshadowed by right, someone else um, yeah. yeah um and that to me was a really pleasant surprise i i um i love an art um historical fiction novel mm-hmm. uh, that's one of my favorite sort of ends on historical fiction mm-hmm. and um but i'm not a huge surrealist uh, art person mm-hmm. and so um and this one also has a world war ii element yes, to it and, yeah. and I, we've talked about how that's not my favorite and so um so i was sort of like oh this is this is hitting on two sides of things i i don't care a lot about but yeah. i was i was pretty entranced by this yeah. one so yeah i liked um, it a lot uh, it was I, a, a I, surprise please please listeners don't take a lack of memory of the book's from me to be like an indication that I didn't like the book because <laughs> we read a lot. We read a lot. Of, we read a lot of books. So I, but I did. I did quite like it. And there was another book I read for this committee a couple of years ago that also had Max Ernst in it, but with um, no, it had Man Ray. It was like Man Ray. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a side character yeah, in, in this, in one, this yeah. one. So it was kind of fun. It was like the connections between all these books, you know, about yeah. different people. Um, and then Daughters of Sparta, I really liked that one too. This was kind of funny. We had a couple of books uh, that were about kind of the same era and the same yeah. people. And um, and there was a lot of discussion about which one was better and which one should should make it through. Um, and, and Daughters of Sparta was my choice. I was glad to see it there. 
and the other one was my choice and that's one that that i nominated it was a thousand ships by um natalie Haynes. yes thank you um and but but when it came down to actually voting i thought this was a better fit for the for the list because um a thousand ships is a little bit more like short stories and um she changes up her writing style yeah. for for each each section and mm-hmm. so t- that to me was really impressive but mm-hmm. it is a little bit more literary yeah, than, it felt than daughters of sparta yeah, daughters of yeah. sparta felt more accessible to me and yeah, yeah i really liked it i liked it but i i i brought up in the discussions that i was frustrated that um that the, the book is about clytemnestra and yeah. she's just this like intense ball of fury yeah. in the the place where she shows up and she's not in this book and yeah. so that was kind of a bummer to me so um so i liked this and i'm i'm fine with it being on the short list but it definitely wasn't my top um mm-hmm. historical fiction for the year yeah i um see i didn't come into it with any sort of knowledge like what you have so um it didn't it didn't lose anything for me you know knowing right that. when you mentioned that in the discussions it's like oh that's kind of interesting that i didn't know that. that's what's so fun about discussions yeah. is like everyone's coming from these different things so yeah. some, one person says i don't know anything about this another person says well they totally ruined right, it by right, doing right, this and this yeah. and this and this and you have to decide does that matter right I how much do, how much yeah like yeah yeah okay so next up we have yeah, it's fascinating. i know it is it's what makes it so fun all right, so we have horror. Uh, our winner here is Nothing But Blackened Teeth by Cassandra Kaw. Um, the creepiest book cover I've seen in a long, long time. Ever. Uh, for Nothing But Blackened Teeth. If you are not familiar, uh, go look it up, but only if you want to be haunted in your nightmares by yeah. this cover. It is so creepy. Um, I sent a picture of it to my sister <laughs> randomly because cause I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. it's so creepy it's so creepy um so yeah, yeah it's, it's another novella it's it's fairly short um about a group of friends a wedding party that goes to this kind of like falling down mansion and there is a, a ghost there like a ghost bride right and uh mm-hmm. and she was she was stood up at her at her wedding wedding yeah and so she's she's being she's been haunting the the location for a long, long time, yeah. and she has lots of lots of um, handmaidens who who haunt with her. Yeah, so super creepy, um, pretty violent. Like, and all like, yeah, all the characters are awful, um, like awful people. Um, yeah. So, and you didn't you didn't love this one? I did not love my, this one. I did memory. not love this one. I, I I'm totally fine with it being the winner. I I think that. Um, I think I probably ended up voting for it to be the winner when it sort of got to that point because um, I, I like what it offered other people. But for me, mm-hmm. um, it was not the kind of horror I enjoy. So it just, uh, it wasn't my favorite. I didn't, I didn't like it all that much. I didn't like the reading experience of it. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, that's not necessarily how you vote or decide how, what should be on these lists. So Right. Um, but it. It's, I was thinking about this today that it's tricky that our, like the first thing our manual talks about of what to look for is it's a pleasure to read. Right. And people would bring that up in, yeah. in, in the discussions of saying, well, this was not a pleasure to read. Yeah. And I would think it totally was. Yeah. Me. Well, it yeah. It depends on what you like. And right. so, so it's very, it can be very arbitrary. Right. And I, I like that there's that, that direction because it isn't meant to be instructive right. or edifying. Right. Like you were not, we're not looking for. Right. It was not the best 
you know, it, the best quality writing right, that's, right. that's ever existed. But it's it's it, it really does kind of shake things up when you're having discussions and having to say, well, how could you not think that this is right, pleasurable? Right. Because obviously it was. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, it's this, interesting. Yeah, this. I but I could see where it could be for somebody. Right. For yeah. Me, yeah. You always have to kind of put put it outside yourself. Yeah, right. Like, um, okay. Yeah, so then I definitely enjoyed on. that one quite a bit. Did just, you? Yeah. just because I like I like that. Um, you know, the heyday of of the Grudge and the Ring yeah, and the, yeah. the early two thousands right. was a great time for horror for me, yeah. and so um, so I sort of liked being back in that that world of of Asian horror. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I one hundred percent understand why people liked this. It just was not for me. <laughs> was yeah. not my kind yeah. of uh, of horror. Uh, so but the, the next one, I think, would be more. Yeah, the de- so the, our like, shortlist that we have The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. I did like that quite a lot. Um, me too. And then My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones, which uh, this is kind of funny. This was my nomination, although it was not my favorite of the books, but it was something I thought deserved to be considered yeah. uh, as best of, best horror of the year. Again, very, very, uh, like, gory um, violence mm-hmm. at times, which isn't my thing, but I think Stephen Graham Jones is a pretty amazing writer, and I don't know, I like what he does. So I thought it was, that's one where I sort of separated myself from pleasure to read and, and right, nominated right. it because I thought it was, it was just a good example of horror. Right. Um, and then the next one, Near the Bone by Christina Henry. This was actually one of my favorites. I liked this one a oh, lot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So this was, again, I mean, I am a broken record about this, but I like the horror that feels a lot like psychological suspense. And this to me yeah. definitely did. It's about a woman who uh, has been held captive on a mountain and um, some hikers show up one day. And at the same time, there's sort of this mysterious monster beast out on the mountain um and and there's this whole like there's an escape happening from her captivity and it's like what's the what's the real horror here is it this monster that they can't see is it this man that has held her captive like I don't know I really I thought it was such a page turner so I liked that one a lot I don't think it should have won but I I as far as an enjoyable read, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and The Death of Jane Lawrence, I liked a lot, too. That was more of like, well, would you consider that gothic? I would consider that gothic, right? Yeah, Death oh, of for Jane sure. Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's like gothic horror, which I like gothic, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh, and then This Thing Between Us. Oh, yeah, us sorry, we have one more. This Gus Thing Gus Between Marino. Us by Gus Moreno, yeah. Yeah, which is one of my favorites of yeah. the year, um, but a little bit more uh, to chew on than than some of the other horror that we we mm-hmm. read, which I I think didn't make it rise up to the top for some people, because um, it, it's it, it has a lot of what just happened <laughs> kind yeah. of elements to well, it. Well, because it starts in one place. Oh, this thing between us, right? Is what yeah, we're about. yeah. Um, it starts in one place, and it's like all about how they buy and sort of like an Alexa device, and suddenly it's it's uh evil <laughs> it's evil yeah. like and, and yeah. it's listening to them and it's evil and uh and it's like who hasn't had that thought about like what what could somebody really do with this information if they you know if you're eavesdropping on us all the time uh, but then yeah. it really switches midway through to a different kind of a horror novel and so i think that um you have to kind of be on board with that and for me because horror isn't my usual thing like i i still you know have to kind of gear up to to read horror um right once i'm reading it like 
I just go along on the ride of what whatever horror is. So for me, this mm-hmm. thing between us, I really did like a lot. And I didn't have some of the problems with it that other people mentioned because it was just, well, this is what horror is. It's just right. weird, weird, strange, creepy things happen. And right. it didn't it didn't bother me. It didn't take me out of the story, really, that it changes midway through of what kind of horror it was. So Yeah. And it's just, it's handling grief in such a, mm-hmm. a real way that it, so much horror is based on, on grief mm-hmm. and how we handle the the aftermath of, of losing someone or something. Um, but this one, I, I just felt like it really nailed it yeah. in ways that I don't always think that, that like we can see a book that's talking about grief and know that it's talking about grief, but it doesn't actually feel like grief. Right. And this one, I, I felt the, the grief of, of this man yeah. who's, who's yeah. lost his wife. His so wife. We actually, um, so it yeah. was, it was kind of an undercurrent throughout a lot of the books we read this year. There were a lot of books about grief, um, either yeah. overtly or sort of just the undercurrent of grief. And it was, I think, very indicative of the last several years and what everybody yeah. has gone through and what sort of environment people were writing in. Because now, you know, we're two years into this pandemic <laughs> going into our yeah. third. And so a lot of these books were written during the first, right. first year, right? And then they get published during the second year. So, uh, so I think we saw a lot of that impact on the way, on the stories that we read. Yeah. So, yeah. No. I know. I know. <laughs> well, interesting to see what happens in the next year. I know. It will be hopefully, hopefully. Have lived with this for so long. I know. Um, all right. So now we have mystery, which I know you have some feelings about. Uh, <laughs> I have feelings. You have feelings. Uh, Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala is the winner. This is another one. Which I have my... great feelings yes. about that. Uh, this is one of my nominations. I loved this book. This is such a fun uh, fun mystery, such a great series starter that just laid everything out really nicely for future installments. And I don't know, I just thought there was a great blend of um, like the family dynamics and the small town, like, or was it really, it's not really a small town, it's like suburban, I guess, right? Yeah, um, kind of. I feel like it's supposed to be a small town, but it felt, felt suburban, suburban, which actually was one of my critiques of it, yeah. was that it it didn't feel like cute enough yeah but in the way that that cozy readers yeah. usually like but i i think that the strengths of the rest of it outweigh yeah that small quibble and i love so I, I like this book just on its own but i'm so pleased that it won because this definitely falls on the cozy side of mysteries and we have never had a cozy mystery win at least during my time and cozy mysteries make up a huge or cozy mystery readers make up a huge part of the fan base of mysteries so it made right. me really happy that we have that represented as a winner and um you know i there was a lot a lot to like about this book so i was really pleased with this as the winner and i just thought it was a good yeah. it was a good book like it was a good book on its own um but then it had a lot going for it to be named the best of the year in mystery right and as a cozy reader i definitely appreciate like i've we both have have listened to the the deadly inside scoop right um um talk that I I don't give up ever Um, and so it was just nice to see cozies have come a long way and and that they're being recognized as being um, not what they have been Mm. for for decades was was great to see this win yeah Um, okay so then our short list is uh, made up of Grave Reservations by Sherry Priest The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson Sleep Well, My Lady by Quay Cordy, and Under Color of Law by Aaron Philip Clark. 
Um, so I'm going to speak first because I know you have a lot of feelings. So I'm just going <laughs> to throw out. Uh, I like Grave Reservations a lot. It's about, it's again, a series starter. And it's about a psychic, uh, or like she has psychic, a woman who has psychic abilities, um, but sort of in not in a useful way, in her opinion. Mm-hmm. Like she can, she knows stuff that's going to happen, but it's all very minor stuff. Like she'll know what the soup of the day is going to be at the restaurant they're going to for lunch. But how does that help anybody, right? Um, and then, uh, <laughs> but she's also trying to start a travel agency and rebook somebody on a flight so that he, she just has a premonition that something's going to go wrong with his original flight. So she rebooks him and he ends up being police officer a police detective and comes and enlists her help in solving a cold case and I don't know I just thought it was fun it reminded me a little bit of like kind of like a Janet Ivanovich type of mystery like a little wacky and yeah I thought this was super fun I liked it a lot and then um I'll I'll hand it over to you I just wanted to say that about Grave Reservations (laughs) before you like (laughs) before you say anything negative about any of the rest of them so so I don't really have anything negative to say about any of these. I just didn't think that any of them were amazing. Mm-hmm. And um and I, I think there are amazing books that that didn't make the short list and, mm-hmm. and I was pretty disappointed with that. Like yeah. like after we voted for this, I was I was losing my mind a little bit about mm-hmm. some things that didn't make the short list. And and that's just that's the way that the voting works and it's it's hard yeah. to watch things that that you like as a mystery reader, there are things that I felt really, really strongly about and and people also felt strongly, but then their votes would change based on things that were said and yeah. and it's just it's hard to watch. So yeah. um yeah, that yeah. there were can I say the two books that I was sad? Sure. Yeah, why not? That yeah. didn't make yeah. it. Yeah. So the the one the one that I was really rooting for was uh Moonflower Murders mm-hmm. by Anthony Horowitz because um I, I think I've said in, in other episodes that I really feel like that is pushing the the um, genre in mm-hmm. ways that, that we don't see very often. And his books have, um, or at least the Magpie Murders was not on the shortlist either mm-hmm. um, in the year that it was out. And it just seems like a huge oversight to mm-hmm. me to have um, a genre that doesn't see a lot of innovation actually innovate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... Um, pretty disappointing yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me um and then the other one that i think was disappointing to everyone because we, we, yes. we were like wait what Shed just happened yeah. was was uh finley donovan is killing um, it is killing it yeah. i can't remember that one and and what's her, the new one called uh, finley, finley donovan donovan something something i have it on hold i don't remember i don't remember anyway yeah but we we did our first round of voting yeah. and that didn't that didn't make it. And I think that people just assumed so much yeah. that it would go through that they voted for other things. Yeah. And so everyone was kind of gobsmacked at that yeah. because it was, it just seemed like a, a no brainer yeah. that that would, that would go through, but you can't change the voting. No, no. Midway yeah. Through, yeah. So. Yeah. That was the issue is we had set sort of a standard at the beginning, not to get too into nitty gritty, but we wanted to be consistent with the way we right. um, considered the votes as we went through because in uh, from pre- previous years, this has come up before where um, you sort of like are changing. I don't know. You're kind of making it up as you go. And I don't know. It just, yeah. I mean, that sounds less structured than it is. It's a very structured. Yeah, it's voting. very structured. It's a very structured <laughs> voting process. But there, we, I, it was important to me as the chair of the committee that when we started, we, we kind of set out a standard of, OK, this is going to be the way we do it so we can be consistent. We don't have to right. wonder when we get to the third day of eight hour days, like, 
wait, how did we do this on the first day? Like, what should right. we do? So we had set the standard and Finley Donovan just missed making it through. Yeah. And so, yeah, I loved that book. I'm so yeah. excited for the second one. And um, yeah, I think in my opinion, it was I, so Grave Reservations and Finley Donovan kind of take up the same space of, in my mind of like that type right. of mystery. And I would put Finley Donovan on there instead of Grey. I liked oh, Grey, yeah. I liked Grave Reservations a lot, as I just said, but Finley Donovan yeah. to me was really, was really fun and, and I've recommended it and a just, lot. Yeah. Right. And felt fresh yeah. in ways that like I, I, I liked Grave Reservations and I, I, I'm not disparaging it at mm-hmm. all. I, I just think that Finley Donovan felt more of the moment yeah. because it's dealing with motherhood yeah. and it's dealing with someone who has, it's a mistaken identity mm-hmm. story where, where, um, people think that she's a contract killer. Yeah. And she's not. So she's and an so, author. Yeah. 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 And so, so just the way that she's dealing with, with all of these ridiculous things that are coming yeah. up and how she has to navigate, like, satisfying people who think she's one thing or mm-hmm. she she's not that that person at all is it was really really fun yeah. and and I just thought it was a, a missed opportunity yeah. so um and like the the things that that made on made it on the list I think I think they're fine yeah. I just don't think that they were yeah innovative or or like shining in ways that I I sort of expected and mm-hmm. and as having this be my my yeah. category I guess it just I was I was pretty bummed out yeah. so um better luck to me next, next year, year. <laughs> yep 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 um okay so the next uh, category we have is relationship fiction and I'm a big fan of the winner here this is The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley yay, yay. we've talked about that we love that book so much yeah. so good such yeah. a deserving winner um and then the short list is Dial A for Aunties or Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutanto the Reading List by Sarah, Sarah and Misha Adams, Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason, and The Summer Seekers by Sarah Morgan. Uh, so Sorrow and Bliss, we've talked plenty about. This was my nomination, and Anne loved it. One of her favorites of the year as well. Um, the ones... Should we talk about when I threatened to set myself on fire yeah, if sure. it didn't win? You can. I think you just, yeah, go for it. That's I threatened to story. set myself on fire. <laughs> Because People I got very cool. impassioned. Yeah. I thought that this was a shoe in for yeah. winning, and yeah. when I realized that it was not, I yeah. was pretty shocked. Which yeah. I should I should also say I loved the Gunkle, so mm-hmm. I was not at all sad that that won. Mm-hmm. And and I will also say that none of the winners are things that I was at all sad about. Yeah. I I loved yeah. every single winner that we had. It, it's when it comes to the shortlist that yeah. you see a little bit more, yeah, like give and take. But right. um, so I, I I'm not. I'm not sad about the way yeah. this shook out, but but when I was making a, a very overly impassioned speech, uh-huh. I threatened to set myself on fire if this didn't win. Uh-huh. And um, I was quoting um, uh, Arrested Development, yeah. but I don't think it came across. Yeah, I don't that think anyone way, got that. So. Oh, no. Um, no. <laughs> but it kind of became a joke yeah. for the rest of the yeah. the uh, discussions. Yeah. Uh, so this prize here for me was The Summer Seekers by Sarah Morgan. And totally. I don't know how you felt about it. I loved this book. It was such a fun surprise to me because it takes a very sort of common relationship fiction trope, I would say. It's about um, a woman, it's about three generations of women and um, coming together in, in what's like a mother-daughter relationship with the mother is like a, a grandmother's age. So and then the, the daughter and the relationship is in her probably 40, 30s or 40s. And then a younger woman who 
uh, agrees to drive the, the older woman across the country on a road trip. Um, and so it sort of like feels kind of typical. Like we, I feel like we get a lot of books with that sort of setup or a similar setup. Um, but the way it just did it so, so well, the characters were so lovable and it was such an engrossing book. And I don't know, there was just something special about it. It just, it, it was one of those, that if you like those sorts of stories, like relationship fiction, that's very character driven, that's heartwarming, um, this is it. This is like the book mm -hmm. I would hand to you because it just fits into that slot so well. Um, yeah, I, it was such a surprise to me. I picked it up thinking it was just going to be kind of uh, middle of the pack kind of read. And I mm -hmm. read it and I just loved it. I immediately set it aside to give it to my mom. She read it and she loved it. And it was like, oh, this is the one that that it's sort of a crowd pleaser one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, to me, it doesn't stand out as, as high as other things, mm -hmm. but I, I like that it's on the short list because I think it is such a good example yeah. of, yeah. of that type of relationship fiction, especially because that's what, like when we used to call it women's fiction, right. this is this the type is of book that yeah. people think of. And so yeah. to, to like see that, that side of the, the fan base yeah. get recognized, I was, I was happy that we, we yeah had that there yeah so. me too and then dial a for aunties i thought was super fun it was wacky and uh, sort of um caper kind of novel mm -hmm. um and it's it felt very cinematic like i said about bullet train like i can picture it as a movie which it is being turned into a movie it was just sort of right off the wall and i liked i liked what that brought to our list as well we don't see that side of relationship fiction that often um mm -hmm. so i thought it was kind of fun and then the reading list. How could we resist putting a book called The Reading List on our reading list? Uh, but I did like it a lot. It's all about the power of books to make connections between yeah. people, which I really liked that as well. Yeah, and like intergenerational yeah. Yeah. Um, friendships and things. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Okay, so romance next. Uh, so the winner here is One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Um, this was another one of my nominations. Another Hallie Another pick. nomination, yes. Um, so this one really did feel very special and different to me it is um a lesbian romance which we've never had uh at least from my looking back over the years uh we had never had a same-sex relationship uh winner um so i like i'm shocked by that i know and actually i say it's a lesbian i think one of the characters is bisexual and one is a lesbian so i don't want to uh, mislabel anybody uh but um it's got an element of like time travel kind of time slip stuff going on and i don't know i loved it there's a great um found family element where that one of the main characters mm -hmm. has just moved to new york and her roommates become a, a a very uh big part of her her life and she's kind of figuring out who and what she wants to be in life and I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was so special this year. Like it just really, to me, stood out as um, mm -hmm. a special kind of romance from from the rest. Yeah, I thought that I thought that it was I thought it was one thing and then it became something yeah. else. And that felt really exciting yeah. to read. Um, OK, so then for our short list, we have The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran, The Girl with Stars in Her Eyes by Zio Axelrod. People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry, and For the Love of April French by Penny Ames. So we've already talked about at least one of these, because <laughs> I know we've talked about For the Love of April French. <laughs> I will put in a plug for the Charm Offensive. I found, I mean, not to make a horrible kind of like pun, it was so charming. It was such a charming book. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so wonderful. If you've ever watched The Bachelor, you have to read this book. It's about yeah. uh, a man who goes on The Bachelor and ends up falling in love with another man who's a producer or like a, a behind the scenes person on the show. And um, mm-hmm. it's so great. It's It was incredibly charming. I loved it. Um, and then you really liked people. I loved people we made on vacation too, but I know you really liked that one. So yeah, I loved one. that one. I loved actually other than for the love of april french i was i was totally on board with all the romances this year uh-huh. so um so i was i was pleased with this list but yeah people we met on vacation was definitely in my top 10 for the year uh-huh. um it just i don't know i i think that that friends to lovers is uh-huh. my uh-huh. is my trope yeah i liked i like people we meet on vacation a lot um yeah, I thought I was, yeah, I, I like romance generally. So I'm always kind of happy with uh, any romances. Um, okay, so our last category, science fiction, my favorite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although I do have to say, I did love, love, love this winner. And that is a psalm for, yeah. psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. And it is like cozy science fiction. It's so yeah. lovely. It's so lovely. I was going to say, I think I how do you even someone has to come up with a way to describe this book because it's not really a plot mm-hmm. that you can no no say in, in in a little short um sentence it's it's more just atmospheric mm-hmm. and just yeah it, it it felt um it wasn't what i expected from science fiction but it definitely is science fiction but it, it just felt so calming to read and um um like delicate is yeah, the word delicate that I kept yeah of. yeah Oh, it's so lovely. It, even, yeah, if you're not a science fiction reader, but sort of open to trying different things, I would I would pick this up. It's pretty short, so you're not investing a huge amount yeah. of time if you don't end up liking it. Um, but I can't imagine anyone wouldn't like it. It's it's really sweet and gentle, and I don't know. It's just lovely. Can I confess that up until we were voting, I thought it was a psalm for the well-built. Oh, really? Yeah. 100% yeah. the entire time. And then I saw it on the the uh, voting list yeah. and I was all, wait a second. <laughs> I even had the print copy. Yeah. It's not like I listened to it or something. Isn't it funny how your brain can do that? Like you see the word and because you're so sure it's one thing, that's what you yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So then the short list here is Day Zero by C. Robert Cargill. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, One Day This Will All Be Yours by Adrian Tchaikovsky, and Unity by Ellie Bangs. And we already talked about One Day This Will All Be Yours and how mm-hmm. um, how much I liked that one. Um, Project Hail Mary, I, think... I was glad to see uh, represented on the list. I think a lot of people know Andy Weir from The Martian, but yeah. I'm not sure how many kind of general readers stuck with him beyond that. And I think Project Hail Mary is one that they might be wanting to pick up if you liked The Martian. I think you might like Project Hail Mary as well. Yeah, has a a great friendship. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very sweet friendship story. Mm -hmm. And then I think I talked about Day Zero as as a surprising, as one of my surprises for the year. Um, And and I'll stand by that. It was was very um, um, touching in Mm -hmm. ways that I don't usually feel toward science fiction. Yeah. And then Unity uh, was one of those where it was, I could recognize it was good, but not for me. <laughs> like it was, right. it was good, but uh, went into some sort of 
theories just, of uh, yeah concepts so, that uh, I don't yeah. care about but yeah so I just was sort of like I get it it's good it's good for somebody yeah. else not for me so I felt like like one of I don't think I voted this through and I think the reason was that I was on board for it at the beginning and then it, it lost me um about 100 pages in mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's completely fair because mm-hmm. like you have to you have to vote and so you have to analyze things and decide things and and sometimes you're you're like oh, this might not right be the right thing to say because yeah. it's it's it might not be true for for someone who reads more sci-fi but for me I was thinking well in terms of pacing I felt like this was off yeah but um but it, it for people who love hard sci-fi and hard concept sci-fi uh-huh. then this would be a really good pick yeah. because yeah. it it's getting into some wackadoodle things yeah. that I did not um follow at yeah. all yep but yeah I will say that's okay <laughs> I did have a nomination in science fiction that I was slightly very slightly sad didn't make it to the shortlist I never expected that it would win but it was one that I thought could be kind of an interesting edition which was the echo wife by sarah gailey um yeah and it's sort of a little bit of a thriller and about cloning people and the ethical decisions that have to be made or ethical kind of ramifications of where that goes once you start cloning Mm -hmm. people and i thought it was just i don't know it kind of pulled me in and i was thinking there was i was thinking there was a small chance it might end up on the short list and it didn't but um, that was kind of weird that it didn't because it seemed like people liked it but i think mm, just other it, stuff it yeah yeah and and the maybe the sci-fi aspects of it were like yeah it, it had a little bit of a relationship mm-hmm. feel to it and so maybe there was um just some you have to t- think about where is the strength right, of this right, right, and so yeah. yeah i get it i get why it didn't but yeah. that was one where i was like i'm gonna be pretty proud if a science fiction nomination of mine yeah <laughs> Uh, all right so that's the whole list and we'll put the link in the show notes so you can see uh the full list because we sort of rambled through this we didn't do it in any sort of oh my gosh uh, this will be so fun structured (laughs) order so she can just link directly to the press release that shares all of this stuff um and we will be right back with what we are reading this week listening to going there by katie couric oh interesting yes because it's not my thing yeah yeah <laughs> not what I'm, um, you may be able to tell that i uh, am reading this for a professional obligation mm-hmm. and so it's not necessarily something that i would i would gravitate toward my on my own because i i i like memoirs but i don't love um I shouldn't say that. I like celebrity memoirs, but they have to be sort of curated mm-hmm. in ways. Th- and this is this is more of an autobiography mm-hmm. because she really does cover her whole life. Um, and at first, I very much did not care about anything. <laughs> and then it's been growing on me really? quite a bit. And, really? Yeah. And so as she's getting more... Um, like, I, I like to hear about how people get started. And I like to hear their influences and their family backgrounds and stuff. But, mm-hmm. but at the beginning of this one, she, she just kind of... Um, kind of flips around pretty quickly that oh. the chapters are pretty short and so um so I wasn't getting as much meat as I as I wanted to uh-huh. um but then as she's getting more into um her her life as a as an anchor and, uh-huh. and her start in journalism and then the ways that 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 morphed into being the um co-anchor of of the Today Show uh-huh. 
um, it gets really interesting. And so um, mainly I think it's because she just doesn't care about ripping on people. And so she'll talk about people who, who treated her badly and people who seemed good on camera, but then were jerks behind the scenes Uh and, um, and you just can't help but enjoy that kind yeah. of thing. So, so um, I mean, she's definitely most of the time painting herself as as the hero right, right, in, in lots right. of stories. And so I I know there there's a few times where she's brought up things where I think, wow, that's really throwing someone else under the bus. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just the the way that memoirs go. So, yeah. but she's the one that reads it, and I'm listening to it, and she's reading it, and she's a good narrator. And, um, yeah, I've, I've been kind of like in the first hour of listening to it, I thought, oh my gosh, I want to quit this so badly. And then as it's been going on, it's, it's gotten more interesting. Um, I will say that she, because she's covering a lot, she doesn't go into very much depth on anything. Mm -hmm. And so there are moments where she talks about things like 9-11 and what it was like to be covering that live as it was happening. And, and, um, those those are the moments I want more on and to to know sort of what was happening behind the scenes but um it's just a chapter and they're short and so don't go into this thinking that she's really going to go into lots of details on things um which actually may be the fact that I just listened to the Obama biography uh, or autobiography is sort of making this feel a little bit um lighter than it maybe is but that's just the fact of, of my reading right now. So um, so that is Going There by Katie Couric. I kind of want to read this because we just watched The Morning Show. Uh, I don't know if you watched that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it made me very interested to, to kind of get the inside scoop on what really is going on. Because obviously it's yeah. a fictionalized version of the Today Show. And um, yeah, it's... I'm well, and she talks about how people, people like competed how much competition there was even among the same teams and and things that that on camera seem like they're super chummy and super good friends and all supportive of each other and their family and then behind the scenes they're they're fighting for the same stories and and that's not how i pictured things but it makes sense i I should have realized that yeah that's yeah that's what the morning show depicts and it's it's pretty interesting Uh, yeah yeah the morning show is not what i thought it was going to be i ended up enjoying it I thought I would enjoy it. I'll say that. I thought it was going to be much more about the kind of Matt Lauer scandal and, and uh, or, not, okay. or, you know, ac- the accusations yeah. and all this stuff. And, um, and that's, of course, the kind of the impetus of it. Um, and I thought it was about Jennifer Aniston and, and Reese Witherspoon and Reese being like the new young thing and Jennifer Aniston being kind of um, resentful of that uh but Mm -hmm. that's not the way the story necessarily always goes in the way you think it's going to so i really liked it i thought it was really good but it made me curious about what the reality is behind the scenes because i thought i'm guessing a lot of people that are working on the morning show have or that are working on the tv show the morning show know the truth about what happened on the today show and so yeah you know curious how much is actual fact and not fiction (laughs) Yeah, you should read this because because yeah. she definitely has lots to say yeah. about. Um, I haven't gotten to the Matt Lauer stuff, but yeah. she's she's talking about um, what he was like to work with, and she has nothing but good things to say. But she's sort of um, setting things yeah. up for yeah. the things that come out. Yeah, yeah, you yeah you should watch the morning show because <laughs> I think you'd find it interesting. Uh, we should do a book club of a book and movie club. Oh, that'd this. be so fun! That would be so fun. <laughs> Jeremy wants to do that. Uh, he's talked about that. Like we, he wants to watch the movie and I'll read the book and we'll like talk about it. 
Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, on the podcast, obviously, not just in our kitchen. Um, <laughs> okay, so what I'm reading this week is also an audiobook. It's First Comes Like by Alicia Rye. And this is the third book in a loosely connected uh, romance series. And I've read the first two and really enjoyed them. And I'm about halfway through this one. Uh, this one is about a beauty influencer named Gia who uh, has been communicating with a man who is a Bollywood star and all through DMs on Instagram and text messaging and things like that. And so he has come from Bollywood to Hollywood uh, to star in a show and try to like break into U.S. acting. And they happen to be at a party together. And so when she sees him, she thinks this is this is great. Like we've been communicating online for months. Let me go introduce, or, you know, let me go say hi. And she walks up to him and says, hello. And it's clear that he has no idea who she is. And she is very confused and leaves and is pretty devastated about this because she's wondering why he acted like he didn't know her after sending her all of these text messages. Um, and he is intrigued by her after this, sort of fumbling in her introduction that they have. And so he goes home and investigates who she might be. And then he reaches out to her and they realize that somebody was obviously posing as him and communicating with her. And, and, and he is, um, he figures out pretty quickly who, who it was kind of in his sphere that, that was posing as him. Cause he thinks there are, there are only so many people who have his, uh, passwords and things like that. Um, so they strike up this tentative sort of friendship and uh, it complicates things a little bit because Gia tells her family that she's dating him because she's kind of wanting to get her family off her back because she's single and, and they keep asking her about when she's going to settle down with somebody. Um, but then they're out one day, uh, they go to this very, very small town and they get stuck somewhere and um, uh, somebody takes a photo of them and it gets leaked and his team jumps on it and says that they're engaged. And so the next thing you know, <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is like this fake dating thing turned to fake engagement thing and what's happening here. Um, so I'm enjoying it. I have to say, though, I, I, I'm not sure that the female na narrator is doing a lot of justice to the female character. So it's a male narrator and a female <laughs> narrator. And I'm finding the female narrator kind of flat or like her delivery isn't always... Um, keeping me invested in the story. So I'm wondering how much that's impacting my feelings about the main couple and the, the romance. And I'm curious, like, if I'd read it, if I would feel differently. Because right now I'm just not feeling like they have a ton of chemistry or connection. It mm -hmm. just sort of feels like we're supposed to believe they have this connection, but I'm not actually sensing it from the way the story is playing out. Um, but it's a very sweet romance so far. Like I said, I'm only about halfway through, so this could all change as I listen to the rest. Um, and you know, Anne, I love watching YouTube videos about beauty stuff. And so it's kind of fun <laughs> that it's about a beauty influencer and, and seeing that little behind the scenes peek. So I, I like it. I don't know that it's going to be a favorite, um, but it's certainly enjoyable and I'm, in, I'm liking listening to it. And like I said, I don't know how much... Um, the narration is kind of impacting how I feel about the story. That's always a hard thing to to separate. So, but that is uh, First Comes Like by Alicia Rye. That's one of the very first books I read for the reading list last year. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and I couldn't remember that that was what it was because 
so many romances have similar titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you were halfway through and you said the thing about the party and I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I've read this. Yeah. Um, but I would agree. I listened to it and I, I didn't I didn't feel as engaged with the couple mm-hmm. as I wanted to. But I I was considering nominating it because it's so rare in romance right now to see um, what's essentially a clean romance right, right. without being religious. Right. And um, and I really appreciate yeah. that because that's that's. I, I want more of the the romance and less of the physical right. and so um and so I was really excited about about that but then um I went with something else in the first round and then the second round I, I nominated um uh Holly Jolly Diwali yeah. because and it had the same thing yeah. where it's it's not religious it's not um anti-sex or or mm-hmm. trying to make a stand on that it's mm-hmm. just that's not what right. you see in their right. relationship and I I thought that was very um uh, refreshing um when when so much of of romance right now is very sex positive right. which i'm i'm happy that that exists too i just want there to be right both another yeah yeah some something that's not a, a amish romance yeah, that right. um is is uh for me yeah yeah i mean yeah i it, again it's it's gonna be like I'm rating my books on five stars is like a three and a half. Like it's good. It's pleasant. It's yeah. not bad. Like it's not bad at all. It's just not, I don't think it's going to be one of my top choices of, of you yeah. know, standout books at the end. Like we're in February. I don't know. And come December that I'm going to remember this very, very, very well. Right. But. Right. Okay. So like I said, Anne will put the link uh, to our list of reading list winners and shortlist in the show notes. So if you're curious, you can see that. Um, I don't think we have to, read off the books we're reading this week since please no um okay so if you'd like to get in touch with us um our next episode is our 100th episode um and so if you have any questions for us we thought it would be fun to do sort of an ask us anything kind of thing um so feel free to reach out to us um you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com you can find us on facebook Twitter or Instagram at Well Read Podcast and, and put your questions there. We'll be happy to answer them. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast provider of choice. It really helps people find the show. Our theme music is Kitten by Paddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talk about in this episode. Thank you all for listening. And-